For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Welcome to Inspiring Stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Hello, my name is Tim McMillan. Welcome to another episode of Inspiring Stories brought to you by Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Uh, My guest in this episode is a true local hero. That's not just me saying it. He has been recognised as the WA Australian of the Year local hero uh, for 2022. He's also uh, been recognised as Ospice Community Citizen uh, of the Year. And this is all for his work uh, in a a pretty incredible charity when you think uh, where it started and now where it's uh, gone to over about a seven-year period. It started uh, in a laneway uh, in Perth with the simple idea of offering a free haircut uh, and a meaningful chat uh, to some of uh, Perth's homeless uh, population. And from that moment, it has just gone bigger and better from strength to strength uh, to now uh, giving out thousands of free haircuts to people living on the streets who are doing it rough right around the country uh, and several hundred volunteers who are now a part of this movement. So it's with great pleasure I say hello and welcome to our special guest, Craig Hollywood. Craig. Tim, it's uh, great to be here, mate. Yeah, thank you very much for having us. Congratulations belatedly uh, on your local hero award. Thank you. It's uh, not something that I really thought was going to happen, but you look, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an honour and it's, uh, yeah, it's, been a, it's been a real privilege. I know as part of that, um, uh, that awards program, you get to go over to Canberra and go to all sorts of swanky ceremonies and, you know, meet some apparently important people and all of that. So we'll, we'll, I'll get you to talk us through all those adventures uh, in due time. But let's go back to the very beginning of uh, Shortback and Sidewalks. Uh, I, I gave a little short introduction there, but tell us where the the idea was born. Look, I am someone who likes to get my hair cut every two or three weeks. Two or three weeks? Two or three weeks. I actually got my hair cut today. Did you? Just, just then. Sorry, just, mate. Just you're, you're crushing it with the headphones at the moment. I can't appreciate the, the, the majesty of it right now. But look, uh, <laughs> as I was sitting there having my hair cut that time, and, you know, seven years ago, I, uh, yeah, look, that, that, that feeling that you get, you know, it's like you, you know, you look good, you feel good, you're having a bit of a chat. And I thought, like, look, some of the services that are around for people experiencing homelessness, they, I guess, focus on things like food and shelter and, and things like that. So your appearance doesn't really come first in that line. And it really does make a big difference because you stand taller when, when you feel good and, and all that sort of thing. So a friend of mine uh, owned a barber shop uh, in William Street in Perth. I remember we just went out on a Saturday afternoon, remember it was like May the 10th, um, on, um, yeah, in 2015 and yeah, just behind Kukula's brothers car park, um, just had a bit of, had a few milk crates and yeah, just hooked in with a few people and people started coming along to get their hair cut. And mm. I can't remember that feeling immediately just kind of being like, wow, like I, it's, you know, in a way it's great that people are coming along, but also in a way it's, it's just kind of quite harrowing that, you know, people are traveling 40Ks on a bus to c- come and get a free haircut. And, mm. and look, yeah, that, f- that first day was a big eye-opener for a lot of people. And, you know, luckily from then we, we managed to sort of develop some relationships with service providers and then it just kind of grew from there. That was the real catalyst was, mm. I guess, getting validation from service providers to say, oh, look, this service is awesome. We, yeah. we want it, you know? Yeah. Um, sometimes when you're sitting in the chair with your barber or your hairdresser, you can have a very 
surface level, pretty banal conversation, you know, yeah. talk about the weather, or you can have quite, you know, deep and meaningful conversations. When you were sitting in the chair that day, um, were you having one of those conversations where you, uh, you know, joined minds and thought, oh, let's do this and see what happens? Yes. Oh, like, look, I love a chat and, and, you know, I know the power of a, of a conversation and, um, you know, people who cut people's hair are like accidental counsellors of mm. society. You literally kind of put your head in their hands and tell people your deepest feelings and thoughts. And yeah, like that, that's the, that's one of the major elements about short back and sidewalks. It's not just the haircut. It's like the, yeah, the, the accidental counselling. But, but realistically, I guess it, it doesn't mean, um, you know, it's not just because people experiencing homelessness, it's, it's anyone, you know, it's, 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 it's the positive impact that it actually makes on people who are, who are doing the volunteering as well. So it's got that, you know, boomerang effect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the first person that you had come along and say, yes, I would love a haircut. You know, when you first set up on those milk crates in the, in the car park there behind William street, um, can you remember the first response you got from someone who thought, wow, this is something I've, you know, never seen before. I'm going to take you up on that offer. Yeah. Look, um, we managed to, um, connect with the, the Salvation Army in William Street and they had got the word out among some, some of the people that used their services and yep. yeah, the first person that got their haircut was a chap called Godfrey and he was like someone that was from Darwin and had previously had like a, like a I think it was like a really successful fleet car business and you know, things just had sort of I guess went a bit on this on the on the slippery slope for him, and mm. the next thing you know, yeah, he was in he was in you know in an alleyway in Perth getting a free haircut. He was going for an interview for a job the next day. I, I remember, but yeah, it was, and I, I remember that was like a, a really stark um, lesson for for a lot of people who are part of our team, just kind of going, wow, and and I think like you know, there's those things that get said, homelessness. You're only you know two or three pay packets away from it. Um, but when you actually see it in front of you, you're like it's 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 yeah, it's something that you kind of go, well, this is this is real. Yeah. Um, uh, the um the, the the people who would take you up on the on the offer too, as you mentioned, you know, he'd come from a seemingly successful um, background at least for part of his um, working life. Um, there are a lot of uh, stereotypes that go with people who are living rough or, or living on the streets, homeless, however you want to categorise them. Um, are we getting any better, do you think, at understanding the, the, the backstories of these people? Look, the way I think about it is like my uncle, um, I lost an uncle who died um, as someone who experienced homelessness. Um, yep. And as a young kid, I remember we were only really allowed to sort of be around him when he was good. Yep. Um, but, you know, he was able to give love and be loved and he was someone that, you know, was able to show love and, and whatever else. And, and I guess that's the way that I think that we need to sort of look at it. It's like it's someone's uncle or auntie or mother or father. And, you know, and look, people shouldn't be really judged um, about their situation. And unfortunately, I think people are judged and there is, there, there is that stereotype. But, you know, at the very core base level of what we provide as a service is just that conversation and that ability to connect. And a lot of the people that we meet is they basically say that they feel they're com completely forgotten about and, yeah, I guess listening to someone, talking to someone is going to be a good start. Yeah. Um, that uh, uncle that you mentioned, is he, when you trace it back, is he the true inspiration uh, behind short back and sidewalks? Look, you know, I, the person you think of when you, you think, you know, how did this idea come about? 
Yeah, I mean, I know you mentioned Australian of the Year and all that sort of stuff, and I, I know a lot of people listening in are probably going to say that like, he's not from Australia, you know, like, yeah. he, he, like that's not a very Perth accent. But um, <laughs> look, my um, my upbringing it's was a in... Joondalup accent. <laughs> <laughs> it could be actually, yeah, just uh, yeah, just past Joondalup. Um, no, nah, look, I, I, growing up in Glasgow um, and not also having that experience, but I think as a child over there, um, you're exposed to like a lot. More, kind of harsher things yeah. in life, you know. It's a, it's a gritty city, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and and it's weird because, like, where I, where I actually used to live is a place called Anderson, and it's, like, right, pretty much right in the city, and um, even Glaswegians, when they hear that you're from Anderson, they kind of go, like, oh, Jesus, you know. Like, yeah. You know, like, um, it's, like, proper Glasgow, you know. But I think just being exposed to that as a young age, um, you know, like, I remember standing in school, like, at the, the, the gate and, like, you know, the drunk man walking along past the gate and we us all standing there looking at him and just kind of going wow like you know and you know and that was like we were like four years old or something and it was just kind of being exposed to that harsh dark reality and and yeah like that that was the catalyst for me and yeah obviously my uncle and just yep. understanding that yeah like unfortunately the with the good stuff in life mm. there, there's also the bad stuff and yeah and and the way i Sometimes look at the two meet yeah and like i think all like I'm a, I'm a, I love football and um and and sport and whatever else and you know I've I've always kind of felt like you're you're only as strong as the person who's on the weakest on your team and and I, and I think that goes for society as well you know yep. you, we can't forget about people. Mm. Uh, tell me more about your your uncle's situation. What was his backstory? Oh, look, I remember. So his his name was Eddie, and he um yeah, I just remember as a kid and you know being around him and like him taking us to the fair and, you know, dancing around in the living room to like share, even though I don't really like share, but anyway, <laughs> but share sticks out. Um, but yeah, like, and, and just like being in that situation around him where you knew that there was a person there. And, and I remember he sat me down one time and he basically explained, you know, like what he drank and, and yeah, it was, it was a pretty, it was an eye opener. And I remember he just kind of sat there and said, you know, like, I can't drink like normal people. Like, um, I can't have one or two. Like I got it. And I think he was, he said like he had he used to have like two or three bottles of vodka, you know, like and in a day. Yeah. Wow. And and just and and kind of be sober, you know, like which is like crazy, you know, like and yeah, and unfortunately like, you know, he he obviously was was pretty bad and and then, you know, and and unfortunately as a result of, you know, what happened to to him. Um uh yeah, I remember being round in in the in his house and and he died and we were all just sitting around going you know, bloody hell, like, you know, and listening to the, the body bag get zipped up and, and things yeah. like that. And it's just like, yeah. And, and, and I, with anything though, it's like, it's not just homelessness. It can be anything. It can be any type of addiction or any type of, you know, things that are, are, are I guess, negative. It's when you start looking at it in the context of it's your own family, it's like, it takes on a different role, mm. you know? And, yeah. You know, things like that. Which I suppose, uh, you know, by way of background, it's helped to um, give you that deeper understanding you know, when you walk through Perth and see it, it, it's, it's someone's uncle or auntie, father, friend, cousin, boss, whatever. It, it is a person, right? Yeah. And it, like it, it always hits home to us because we'll, you know, if we, we're online and we, we do take some photos of at, like the services that we do with everyone's permission and, you know, we get people messaging us going like, oh man, like I, I recognize that person. Like I went to school with them and, and, and that, and like those are the moments where it really hits home. And then mm. immediately people are like, 
oh, you know, like I want to, I want to start volunteering or I, I want to start helping. And it's like when they see like someone from their school, like sitting, getting like a free haircut or, or something like that. You know? Yeah. It's powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we need to take a break after that. I'll get you to talk us through how you managed to take it from an idea and you know, the milk crates in the car park to, to what it is today. Cause there's an extraordinary number of people now who are on board as you know, your, your volunteers, um, you know, you've, you've got full charity status and, you know, board members that have to kind of guide you through the bureaucracy around it. And it's, you know, the enterprise that it is today. So, um, we need to take a break. We'll get into that right after we do that. This is inspiring stories. Craig Hollywood is our special guest back with more after this. You're listening to inspiring stories for Barra O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. Our guest in this episode uh, is a civil engineer by day. Uh, he's also been a, uh, a DJ and radio host. Uh, but what we're talking mostly about today is his uh, incredible charity work uh, as the creator of Short Back and Sidewalks. A pretty simple service, uh, but a really uh, meaningful and effective one in offering uh, haircuts uh, to those who are doing it tough. Um, Craig, again, going back from sort of the birth of this idea to, to what it is now, um, were you surprised by uh, the number of people who wanted to come on board and, and be a part of that? Because I, I see now in terms of just volunteers who are part of this movement now, it's you're up into, what, three, four hundred? Yeah, it's awesome. So we operate in Perth, Sydney, Melbourne. We also go out on country as well. Um, we've been up to Uluru, been up to northeast Arnhem Land. Um, we've represented at one day in Fremantle. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's gone heaps bigger than than what I would have dreamed of. And yeah, not even just the hairdressers and barbers. It's like we've got like a team all over Australia of people. Like for example, as you were saying, we've got like a board of directors. We've got volunteer general manager. We've got um, volunteer um volunteer managers, comms people, media people, like, and, and it's, yeah. all, it's everyone just like using their skills to actually have that frontline impact. And I think what we're trying to do as well is not only break the stigma attached to people experiencing homelessness, but breaking the stigma attached to like volunteering. Cause it's like, people can actually do something, you know, if you've got media skills like you can help, you know, like, and if you've got skills at, at a GM level at Rio, it's like, you know, you, you can help, you know, and you know, whether it's comms, marketing, media, social media, you know, it's, it's like, we've, we've probably got a team of 60, 60 people. And even in that kind of space working, you know, and yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. And I think it's, it's revolutionizing volunteering mm. and just making people aware. I think volunteering has kind of got that kind of potentially fuddy duddy reputation, you know? Yeah. And I think what we're trying to do is kind of, you know, to make sure people are aware of the fact that giving back actually you know, it's, it's really good and, and it makes you feel good because you've accomplished something and you've given back and you've helped someone even for for that one day or the 30 minutes of having someone having a haircut, you've made a difference. Mm. Yeah. Um, haircut's one of those things that uh, people insisted that we must still have during mm. COVID. <laughs> but in terms of delivering the, the service uh, of short back and sidewalks, was that tricky through the COVID period? Yeah, it was uh, look, uh, hugely tricky and, you know, we, we're only just coming sort of back I'm back into Guerra after that. So, um, yeah, it was there. Uh, we, we took that opportunity to kind of regroup internally and start looking at operations and how we actually are going to expand and focusing on strategy and all that sort of stuff. So yep. when we were going to come out of COVID, we were going to be able to sort of ramp up pretty quickly again. Mm -hmm. But, it, but yep. it, it did give us a lot of time to, to focus on some pretty important core things that you need um, when running a, a not-for-profit. Yeah. Um, coming out of COVID, has the, has the picture on the streets of Perth changed at all 
Look, it's it's an interesting one. You know, there's lots of things that are going on. I mean, we're part of the accredited homelessness provider service down at um, uh, Moore Street, uh, the Homelessness Hub, which has kind of been put on by City of Perth. So I think that's kind of given people an opportunity to to have a hub and like a collaborative space where people are able to access services. But yeah, it's a, it's, it's a tough one. And, and look, it's I'm not going to sit here and say that I know the ins and outs of how we're going to tackle it and end it. I mean, there's lots of different factors. It's it's super complicated. And I think mm. that the more people realize that how complicated it is, then the better. And it's not just like get a job, sort yourself out. It's it's way, way more complicated than that. And, you know, in a world, I guess, at the moment where we focus so much on mental health and, and whatever else, it's like that. That's a, that's a huge player in it all sort of thing. Yeah. The demand for your service, though, has it, um, has it spiked? Yeah, the the the, the services um, like have increased. So we not only help people experiencing homelessness; it's women with lived experience of domestic violence, uh, youth at risk, um, uh, indigenous communities, and unfortunately, I think about thirty percent of the people that access our services are um, First Nations people. And yeah, but yeah, it's un- unfortunately it's it is only it's only growing. Yeah, um, you know we 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 want to by twenty twenty five be doing thirty weekly services across Australia, which will be about 15,000 haircuts um, a year. And when I tell some people about the end goal of short back and sidewalks is basically to do zero haircuts. Yeah. That, that's, that's the goal. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Which is a strange goal to have uh, purely from a business point of view, but <laughs> but I get it. I yeah. get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, you must have met some incredible characters, really colourful people yeah. over the years that you've been doing it. Oh, totally! It's it's unbelievable, and it's it's amazing. I remember one time because we we were in Sydney, and we used to do a lot of work on Martin Place, and um, yeah, I remember this one night, and it was like one of the volunteers had brought along a guitar or boombox, and like was in Martin Place, and it was like five p.m. And I remember it was like you can picture it as like that kind of big like, like long corridor of yeah. concrete, and then we they had all these like lawyers and business people and bankers and with their suits on all walking home and i remember they were just like trudging up martin place with this kind of look of like um almost like jealousy and like you know um in their eyes because they were looking across and just going like why are they so happy you know and like there was someone playing guitar and there was in our service there was people dancing and singing and and these people had like nothing eh? like you know yeah. like the people at the the service that we were putting on just had absolutely bugger all and then like yeah, and it was just only the fact that they were just yeah, and like you like some of the characters. I mean, it's yeah, you know, over the years, it's yeah, it's great to see some people as well when they um, you know they've been accessing the services, but now they've they've got um mm. you know um permanent accommodation and and what and whatever else. But yeah, look, I mean, it's it's some of the stories are are are, are amazing, and 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 I think that's what what happens is it's just the fact that there's that um there's that kind of almost like dark comedy to it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I know what you mean. Um, um, yeah. What about people who, you know, have gone to a job interview and, um, unfortunately, you know, the, the presentation can be very important, even on a subconscious level to someone who's considering you for a, for a job, a sharp haircut might make the difference. <laughs> Some people you might've, you might've been that, you know, that small element that got them on a better path. Yeah, exactly. Uh, have, you, have you been able to catch up or, or stay in touch with any of those people that you've been able to help turn their lives around? Yeah, look, Michael in Perth is a good friend of ours. We we met him at the um, at the Perth uh, Library. We used to do haircuts um, at the WA State Library outside there, and I remember meeting him and 
yeah, since then, you know, it's not no longer he's not actually accessing those particular services, but also um yeah, like um has got a job, permanent accommodation, and 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 really and really doing well. Yeah. Um, there was there was another story. One of the people we used to cut his hair. Ian is like now works for a homelessness service provider. He's starting to do marathons and and you know and it's yeah, like right. yeah, it's just like it's awesome and 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 and, and that sort of you know ability just to say you know to know that you're not not the cause of of it but just you you you've played you've a bit of a role yeah yeah do you walk around perth and are you a bit of a local identity on the on the streets of perth and northbridge oh, no i wouldn't say that <laughs> i mean I, I i know a lot of people's names and i'm able to give people fist bumps and say yeah. hello and and whatever else and yeah and then it's weird because like as you said like the growth of the charities is is massive but I remember at the very beginning, which I feel a bit sad about, it was like if I didn't rock up to like a service, I'd be, like my phone was gone, and it was like, yeah. "Hey, like Hollywood, where are you?" And I'm like, "Oh, yeah. sorry, like I've I've got to be do- I've got something else to do." And you know, it's like weird when that when the charity goes from that level of being quite small, and then new people come in, and unfortunately, you're not able to go to every single service, and mm. yeah, and in, in a way, that's yeah, like yeah. It's, but it's uh, but yeah, it's like you be, you become you you develop these relationships, and I think that's really really important as well. Is like not only short back and sidewalks, but you got Orange Sky Laundry, the Street Doctor, the, you know, um, homelessness we care, and all these people that are in, in, involved. Um, you know, they're, they're creating a community and and a, and a really positive space for people to kind of be themselves, and and especially when people already feel forgotten about, it's 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 even more important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's take another break. Craig Hollywood is our special guest, the Western Australian. Uh, local hero uh, award winner for 2022. Um, I know being part of that awards program uh, is an adventure in itself, so I'll get you to talk us through the highlights of that uh, right after we take another break. Back with more in a moment. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. We all know the power of a good haircut, make you feel a, a million bucks and walk out of that salon a foot taller. Uh, my guest in this episode has taken that concept uh, to, the, to the streets of Perth uh, to help out uh, people who might not otherwise uh, be able to get into a, uh, a professional uh, hair salon um, and, uh, and pay for that service. Uh, in 2015, uh, the short back and sidewalks uh, idea uh, came to life. And seven years later, its founder, Craig Hollywood, was named as the Western Australian uh, Local Hero of the Year. Craig, if I'd have said that to you in 2015, that you'd have a team of uh, several hundred people and you'd be given this prestigious title, you would have probably slapped me in the face, wouldn't you? Oh, look, Tim, I can't, I could, with that face, that face <laughs> mate, I could never do that. Uh, no, nah, look, um, I, no, you're right. Um, it's, it was a huge honour. I, mean, I remember like back to November last year, I was sitting in work, my phone went, and it was uh, Anne-Marie from Ospire uh, telling me that I'd been nominated for an Australian of the Year award, and I was just like, I immediately just thought like someone's taking the mickey here, you know? Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, but as I as I walked into the award ceremony in Perth, and it dawned on me that it that it was it was real. Mm. Um, and then not only actually winning the, the 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 award, and then being able to go to Canberra, and like it was yeah, really it was a really surreal experience. And I think yep. having had the ex- experience previously and in, in doing a bit of media and doing a doing radio and stuff, it kind of it did give me a, a a bit more of a of a comfort blanket, I guess, in in regards to what what it was really like. Because yep. I was I was able to be like okay, like. 
keep it together. You can do it. You know, um, but it was like, no, it was fantastic. Um, I loved it. Uh, the award ceremony itself was was cracking and meeting 33 other people from around Australia who were, you know, um, uh, you know, nominated for the awards. Um, yeah, and then going to morning tea at the at the lodge with uh, then Prime Minister uh, Scott Morrison and his uh, his wife Jenny. Yep. Um, which was uh, an interesting experience. Well, let's 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 go through that. What was that like? What what did you say to ScoMo when you met him? Oh, look, it wasn't your average morning tea. Eh? Um, it was uh, you know Secret Service all the all around, dark sunglasses, earpieces. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, and uh, yeah, look, it was uh, it was interesting because they had like the CEO of the um, oh sorry, the chair of the Australian uh, of the Year Committee, a lady called Danny Roche, who's a, an ex Olympic hockey gold medalist for Australia. Um, he was a legend, and uh, she was going up and down the up, going up and down the line. You know, making sure that everyone was aware of the fact that you know your messaging has got to be on point, um, more on point than it ever has been. Uh, you've got a minute. Don't stuff it up. Wow. Uh, and pressure. Look, oh, look, and and to be very honest with you, like, um, yeah, look, when we got to the front of that line, about two meters away from the prime minister, my my partner Joe was like, "Oh, Craig, look, they've got a couple. Of, they've got a dog in their back garden." And I was like, "So is <laughs> then two seconds later, straight towards the prime minister, and then my messaging went to um, yeah, yeah, buggery, um, <laughs> and uh, we ended up talking about our dogs and his dog, and then Danny Roche from the." You know, the Australian of the Year committee was just like, Hollywood, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, so anyway, um, but look, it, it was it was awesome. And, and we look, we did get to catch back up with the Prime Minister and we, and we did tell him about what um, we do. Um, and, uh, and you know, I, I, I did, I was able to tell him why I ended up being in, standing in his garden. So, um, and since then, uh, both uh, f- uh, major parties have come to the table with um, some federal funding for, right. uh, yep, with, um, with, for short back and sidewalks, which is going to be absolutely huge for us. Yeah. That must have just been a, a bizarre pinch yourself sort of moment, though, the whole experience, getting on the plane, going over there, um, you know, the other people in the line who might have been recognized for entirely different things you must have met some incredible people yeah it was awesome and it was hard because like you just don't you don't think about it at the time you know like in then you like sort of look at it in hindsight and go like geez like you know that that person's like you know like such a huge figure in changing laws and then you know you've got this other person who's you know doing like climate change work and like changing waste into you know things and then and then like you've got the other end of the spectrum, you know, like people that, you know, have um, suffered some like serious trauma, you know, like um, there's like Lloyd and Sue, like, you know, they're, they, they'd started a charity because of their their partner, sorry, their daughter and their, their three grandchildren um, had been murdered and, and things like that. And, you know, then you got Leanne Little, who's been fighting her whole life as um, um, South Australia's first Indigenous police officer, female police officer is changing you know, like laws in the NT and um, in mm. regards to, um, you know, um, an unjust justice system and, and just things like that. And it's, yes, it's, it's pretty heavy. Yeah. What were your impressions of, uh, be honest, what were your impressions of uh, the now former Prime Minister, ScoMo and Jenny? Oh, look, Obviously the, quite taken by the dog, but what about the humans? Yeah, Buddy, the dog. Um, yeah, like, <laughs> apart from Buddy, uh, I put on a really good morning tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because we were at the table, actually, and we were I think we were at, like, the naughty kids' table at the, yeah. at, the, at the venue. We were straight at the back, out of sight. Um, 
I guess out of mind and I guess you could tell that we were on the Naughty Kids table by the fact that um, Grace Tame and her fiancé was sitting on the right of me who um, I guess unlike my partner and I with their message with our message um, they'd managed to create like a media storm Uh, and uh, to my left was a chap called Craig Leeson who was the Tasmanian Australian of the Year who was sitting there asking like the PM staff immediately he was like are the plastic bottles on this table, are they single use or are they, because he's just started, it made a movie on uh, yeah. climate change and, and yeah, so you could just tell that it was gone. Uh, Everyone had their own little niche uh, agenda that they wanted to represent. <laughs> they did. And and look, and and it was, it was interesting because like, yeah, and it was just coming up to the election as well. And I think it just had this kind of like added aura of, 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 of intensity, you know, and, and, yeah. but look, I'm, I'm, I'm honored that we've managed to get to that point and um, to even have that conversation, you know, like with the prime minister and ex prime minister. Um, and yeah, look, I mean, it, it shows a real element of growth. Cause like, you know, going back to the start, it's, you know, talking about that, that conversation with Godfrey on, on a milk crate in Northbridge. And then the next thing, you know, after seven years granted, you know, you're having the con- a conversation with, um, with, with the most senior um, politician in the mm. country. And, and and as a result of those particular conversations, we've managed to get get enough traction to, mm. to get federal recognition and, and, and whatever. Two very different conversations, I imagine. Um, ScoMo and Godfrey. Mind you, it probably wasn't actually because I mean, <laughs> we're speaking to the speaking to people about their dogs and whatever. And I th- like that's the beauty of shortback and sidewalks. It's you know everyone. It, we 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 know that there is a like an element of equality and and you know and 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 you know speaking to people as a person. Uh, is is really important, and it doesn't matter who they are, and, mm. you know. Um, and I think that's like a real fundamental, and what we do is very much just being having that conversation, and mm. you know, and the amount of people that I've met as well, you know, like they're they're probably sick and tired of talking, of being pitched <laughs> to, and all this sort of you know political stuff. It's like I just want to talk about my dog, yeah, you, you know, or, yeah. or, or whatever, because that's my reality. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, what about other things that you've uh, been able to do or had to do? Um, over the 12 months when you've been carrying this this title of our local hero for Western Australia? Oh, look, it, it's, it really does give you an opportunity to, uh, I guess, be listened to on a, on a pretty different level. And, and you know, and, and to be honest, it's through a lot of hard work. But being able to, you know, to, to speak with, um, you know, politicians is, 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 is one, obviously. Um, but, you know, being starting to get recognised for, for various different things, um, you know, um, I've quite recently sort of starting to get involved and, in, you know, being able to share the message of short back and sidewalks through, you know, doing some public speaking and, 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 you know, and being picked up by, by companies who are like, you know, keen to listen to the story and, and whatever else. And, you know, once again, that's another thing I would never have really dreamed about, but, but, yeah. you know, here we are. And yeah, look, and just, just that, that, that ability and look, to be very honest, I think it, it, it does, it, it puts you in a different kind of space in regards to people who are probably more willing to listen, you know? Yeah. Having, it kind of gives you a sense of authenticity and credibility perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. For those who don't know you or, or what you do. Um, can I ask this before we go to a break? Does it feel like, um, you know, when you're sort of thought of in these terms and, you, and you're having morning tea at the lodge or wherever, or Kirribilli or wherever, wherever you went, yeah. um, that you feel like you're a long way from the streets of Northbridge and Godfrey and the milk crates and the haircuts. Is it, is, is it hard sometimes to keep a foot in both camps? Yeah, it is. And, and that's something that I really struggled with um, initially because I was just like, you know, 
Like, and I think a lot of people, like, would from the outer as well, would look at it and from the from that perspective, all oh, you know, you've aligned with that and you're doing that. And mm. look, I I, I kind of think that like you know, homelessness and and that issue is kind of it's a bipartisan issue, and I think it it's something that needs to be spoken about at like at all levels, you know. And and look, and and if I can speak to Godfrey seven years ago. Um, but I can also speak at the lodge about it, um, then then so be it. And I think like like it's people like myself that I guess have that. I, I guess like there's a a real privilege to be able to even do that. So I think it's like I'm not I'm not unaware of the privilege of 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 being able to do that. But I'm also aware of the fact that I need to have a voice. So yeah, yeah, you know. that's that's the way it goes, isn't it? You have to you have to get out there and speak about it. Yeah, to ultimately help the people that you sought to help from the get go. Yeah. Uh, Craig Hollywood is our special guest on this episode of Inspiring Stories. We need to take a break. We'll be back with more of his story right after this. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. Tim McMillan is my name. My guest in this episode is Craig Hollywood, uh, who is enjoying probably the last weeks of his official title of uh, Western Australian, Australian of the Year in the local hero category. Are you going to be a bit sad when the 12 months comes up, Craig? Oh, no, nah, I'm happy to, <laughs> happy to pass the baton on, mate. Like, no, nah, I'm, I'm a team player and, yeah, like uh, giving someone else the opportunity that, to have a crack, it's like, yeah. that's what it's all about, I reckon. I, I notice uh, in your your, your media ex, um, uh, exposures and, you know, opportunities to spread the word, where we've talked about, um, you know, meeting uh, Scott Morrison and Jenny um, in a lovely garden party at the Lodge, but uh, you also had a chance to uh, spend some time uh, with our governor, Kim Beasley, what was that like? Oh, fantastic. We, we, we got the opportunity to go and have lunch with, uh, with uh, the governor and his wife, Miss Annis, um, at the... Uh, Susie? Yeah, it was a fa- fantastic opportunity. Uh, someone else is actually coming to the end of his, uh, <laughs> his reign as well. <laughs> that's oh, true. You've got oh, so much in common. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, exactly. See, that's what happens, you know. Yeah. Uh, nah, and it was, it was great. And, and yeah, just being able to sit and listen to some stories that the, the governor was telling and... Um, in you know seeing what he does and 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 you know even just going into that house it's it was it was a, a real honor and yeah just uh, I mean even getting to speak to people like yourself Tim, I mean, oh, like what a thrill you know <laughs> it's it's just it's just went off yeah uh, well look I'm sure it'll continue you know you, the title is something that you'll hold forever um, you know for the for the 2022 one of many probably uh, exactly well, well I've, I've mentioned a couple that you've uh, been. Uh, given over the years at the start of the program there. So I'm sure that's a, a couple of many, if you haven't got already, that will be afforded to, to you in years to come. But look, on a, on a serious level, um, you know, you have a day job as well, right? You're a civil engineer. Yeah. How does that marry up? How do you do the, the two things? How do you wear uh, the hat of a, you know, a pretty serious, uh, mentally stimulating, dare I say, draining job, uh, as well as trying to operate a charity that's got 350-odd volunteers. Yeah, look, it has been pretty hard. And, um, uh, you know, over the years, last seven years, it's been, yeah, it's been really tough. And I think my partner is probably the person who probably feels it the most because it's, you know, it's it's like two different full-time jobs that you're doing at the same time. Um, so there's nothing, there's not, no detracting away from the fact that it has been hard, but I think as it grows and as it gets, it's getting bigger, it's like the, the load is being shared, you know, and, and, and that's really, um, that's really important for us in, in regards to that, because for a long time it was just doing it yourself. 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, we have a team across Australia and loads of uh, really amazing, um, helpful volunteers. And yeah, and like the next looking forward, um, like within the next six months, uh, we, we really want to start employing a few people. Because um, it's gotten to that stage, we need, you know, we're 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 just looking into this sort of area of corporate partnerships, corporate sponsorships, and people that you know, like-minded businesses that you know want to give back. And and I guess like in a world where you know there is that kind of corporate social responsibility aspect, and now after COVID, more than ever, you know, there's that that need to connect, connect, and mm. and and make a make a positive contribution to a society that unfortunately has been hit pretty hard the last couple of years. So. Um, yeah, look, we're um, that, that's kind of the space that we're we're looking into now to consolidate it, mm. taking it from that volunteer organisation to then the one that is is able to operate, um, yeah. you know, consistently and sustainably, and then go from there. I, I suppose needing to do that now, the size that you're at, you're in some sense a victim of your own success, aren't you? Where you have to uh, bring in people who have, are perhaps of a more professional standard, if I can put it that way, yeah, uh, to run things. Uh, and again, if you're at that level where you're pitching to corporates, you have to have a, you know, some sort of professional, um, look about you, yeah. um, which again, probably seems like a long way from, uh, the, yeah. that, that picture of the milk crates, uh, in the car park. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a sort of a, a quirky thing that goes with success, isn't it? That you have to, uh, invest in your own survival and, and, uh, in the in the path forward to becoming even bigger and more prosperous. Yeah, Tim, I, I, one of the things that's actually worked in our favour for the last seven years is the fact that we've actually been able to operate with zero, like for, yeah. for seven years. And, and now when we're talking to people like, you know, your Lottery West and whatever else, it's like they actually look at it and, and that, that actually holds you in, in really, really good stead because they kind of go, right, okay, like you've been around for seven years. You don't, you, ha- you haven't really needed a hell of a lot of money to, you know, to operate. It's it's a successful, sustainable model. So it's whereas up, you know, a lot of the time you get these charities and people are they've been doing it for a year and then the next thing you know they're trying to get like a salary or or, or whatever. And it's like, whereas we've managed to do it for like over seven years. So it's like we we're quite we're pretty robust in what we need to what we know we need to do and our structures and our strategies and with, without without all of our team members and people that have got you know been given advice and 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 whatever else from the boardroom to, to wherever else is. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, without, without that, that's, that's really invaluable, um, experience and, and, and advice. And yeah, like we're, we're really appreciative of that. Yeah. Well, if someone listening right now is from that corporate end of town yep. who would like to help, how does your pitch go? Give us your best 30 second, 60 second, you know, the so-called elevator pitch. How does it go? Look, there's 116,000 people experiencing homelessness in Australia which is one in 200 people is experiencing, you know, a one, fo- in 200. one in 200 people experiencing one, like a form of homelessness. And, you know, when you're cold and scared and, you know, you don't know what you're doing, it's like a, like a haircut and connection is the last thing that's on your mind. And that's what we're doing. And we're not only creating connections, but we're providing an opportunity for people to have agency and, and whatnot. It's not just people experiencing homelessness. It's women with lived experience of domestic violence, youth at risk, um, you know, indigenous communities, um, and you know, just giving that agency and providing that positive connection to to help people on on their path home, and that's pretty much what what we want people to be involved in. Brilliant, look, very good. If I was in that position, Craig, I'd write you a check right now. Um, <laughs> in all seriousness, though, um, the unfortunate reality of the moment is that as cost of living pressures go up, um, and people have, I suppose, now come out of this intense period of COVID, where we know that. 
uh, unfortunately, domestic violence rates did increase. In all likelihood, there's going to be a greater number of people who are going to find themselves in that position and perhaps in need of your service. How are you going to meet that, that demand? Look, as I said, like we aim to scale our operations as, um, as quick as possible. Um, and, you know, wherever there's someone who can cut hair and wherever there's someone who's in need, that's where we want to be. So, yeah. um, you know, and, and, and it's part of a very complex puzzle in, in a way. And we're not saying that we're um, in eliminating homelessness, but um, we are working together to, you know, yeah. to achieve um, yeah. to, to a, a positive outcome in regards to, you know, where people are going to find themselves. What do you need more of? People who can actually cut hair or people who can organise stuff? Oh, look, it's it's a chicken and the egg situation. We need uh, we need the you know, the the support of people that are able to give back. We ask for you know, for someone who can cut hair and whatever else, we ask for two hours a month, which isn't really that much. Um but then on the other side, we you know, we, we need to be able to sustainably operate. So that is gonna come through being able to, you know, to have full time staff and, mm. and, 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 and whatever else all across the country. We wanna take it obviously out to you know, um, to, to, to the Kimberley and to, you know, to areas all across Australia and communities and, and being able to bring that, you know, positive vibe, you know, like it's, uh, it's something that, you know, that we can all do together. And, and, and I think that, you know, starting it off with the conversation is, is going to be the best way. And for you personally, would you like to get it to the stage where you can hand it over to yeah. someone else or are you tr- treating this as something that's going to be your baby and hands on, uh, for a good while yet? From day one, it's always just been about, um, helping as many people as possible, and like for me, if 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 that rec- um, involves you know passing it on, um, you know it's um, it's something that I really really want to do, and and you know I'd love to be able to look back at it in years to come and go, oh look that that was something that I started, but you know um, it's definitely something that I, I recognise that you know it's going to need a lot more hands, so I'm yeah. I'm I'm happy happy to to take that on board. A few more hands, a few more. Edward Scissorhands as well. Oh, mate, it's, <laughs> it's exactly right. That's yeah. if we had, if we had a few more of uh, of, of Edward, we'd, we'd, we'd <laughs> yeah. be doing pretty you'd, well. You'd be much better. Yeah, uh, Craig. All the best for the future. Congratulations on everything you've achieved in the seven years or so it's been in existence. It's an amazing story. Uh, congratulations on the recognition you've received as well. I know that's not the reason you do it, but it certainly helps in uh, getting the word out. So uh, well done and all the best uh, in building it to something even bigger and better in the future. Thanks for having us, mate. It's been, a, it's been an honour. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Inspiring Stories here on 882 6PR. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. We look forward to you joining us next time as we unearth another inspiring story. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.